thank you so much for having us and for coming out tonight to hear what Margo and I have to say. Uh, just a brief introduction. Um, I've been at Catholic Charities probably way too long, about 18 years. Um, I'm currently the director of volunteers. And Margo? And I'm, I'm Margo, and I'm working with Sally in the Office of Volunteers. I'm also helping out with our communications because when you're working for a nonprofit, you wear like 20 different hats, so that's what I'm doing. And then, um, also just to give you a little context too, I grew up in the diocese, and um, I've been through Catholic school all my life, so I feel like that's 17 years of Catholic school, so it gives me the credentials to give this talk now, so. Um, <laughs> well, I just want to throw it out there that I'm a convert, so like I just got by the <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say is I want to recognize Claudia Harper. She is our Catholic Charity staff person and um, she makes sure we have enough money to do our work. And, and also Allison Spencer, she's amazing. She's our risk manager, so she helps make sure that we stay safe. about the call to serve and specifically a call, the call to serve the poor. So we're going to just give an overview of what is a call, why is God calling us specifically to serve the poor, what does that look like, um, you know, how, what are some practical spiritual tips for you to answer that call, what are some barriers to that as well, and then finally kind of an action plan on how to challenge yourself to answer that call. First, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, our perspective. And um, it's been really exciting for me, uh, being the director of volunteers. This is, I think, my third year in this particular role. And Margo's been here now for about a year. So I, I've been thinking and reflecting a lot about our volunteers and why people volunteer. Um, and so just to give you a little background, we wanted to tell you um, a little bit about Catholic Charities. One of the things about Catholic Charities is that it's very hard to describe because we do so many things. And so it's hard to wrap your hands, your arms around it. Yeah. So we have 15 programs. We're operating throughout the diocese in 21 counties. And the, the, um, what I'd like to tell our young, like, fifth graders and sixth graders when I go around to give our We Care talk, we're just giving them an overview of Catholic Charities, is um, to always think of the corporate works of mercy so when you think of the 15 programs of Catholic Charities, think of the Corporal Works of Mercy, visiting the imprisoned, clothing the naked, uh, giving shelter to the homeless, we do all of those things. Our oldest program is also our adoption program. And we, I think, so the, the seventh Corporal Work of Mercy, which the little kids always ask me about, is to bury the dead. And the way that I associate that with the work that we do, not only do we have um, actually a very robust counseling service, um, and part of that is bereavement um, for senior services, but I think the essence of that is is respecting dignity of life, respecting um, you know every each and every person, and so that's at the core of our mission at Catholic Charities, and it's the core of how we treat each and every person that we, we encounter um, throughout our 15 programs. And just to give you a little um, sort of a physical layout of our program is Catholic Charities operates within the Diocese of Arlington under the auspices of the bishop. We are a separate organization, um, but again, we're under the bishop, and we have a board of directors. There's about 120 staff people at Catholic Charities. Uh, we have 
a lot of, as you can see, we, you know, we've got Claudia and Allison, but we also have attorneys, we have um, licensed social therapists, we have psychologists, and then we have a huge, we, not huge, but we have administrative staff, we have social workers, receptionists, just a whole group of really wonderful and caring people uh, working at Catholic Charities. So we feel really blessed to be part of that team and it's really an honor to work for them. Our president and CEO is Art Bennett, um, so you may know him. He is a local author with his wife, so he's um, written a bit. Uh, we have, so I just, just to add to that, so we have our core, like 120 paid staff, but the largest um, group of people are our volunteers. And we have over 2,500 volunteers in the diocese, so that's uh, about 20 volunteers per paid staff. So we really rely heavily on community support. Uh, community is our foundation, and that's essentially how our programs are able to operate, is from people giving their time and their resources and their energy uh, to all the different programs that so we couldn't do it without volunteers. Right, and actually it's um, it's kind of evolved over the last 20 years that Catholic Charities has gotten more uh, involved using volunteers to help reach out to the community because the need is so great. And um, it's, almost, it's, it's a, a bit of a radical transformation, uh, as you can see just by the sheer numbers, about the way that we're serving people. And... Um, I think part of it came to me when um, I first started working here at Catholic Charities. Um, I was in the ESL program and um, I, I quickly realized that part of our role at Catholic Charities is really to facilitate the community, helping the community, because we have plenty of people that can speak English, uh, plenty of people that need the language skills, so um, bringing it together, you know, can make it happen. So. Um, that's just a really exciting um, thing to be a part of. And um, we wanted to talk a little bit, uh, I've been thinking more and more about this, that how we are called to serve. And uh, because so many, we meet so many amazing people every day that come to Catholic Charities and they want to help and they want to make a difference. And um, just reflecting on this, it's really occurred to me that all of us are called to serve. God is calling all of us. And um, doing a little reading, uh, back to Vatican II with the uh, decree on the Apostolate of the Laity, uh, that declaration tells us that we have a right and a duty to uh, answer our call, to go out and serve. And, um, you know, that our, ch our church can't do it without us. So we have a really important role to play as laity of the church. To, to, and, and, you know, we are the ones that need to go out into the world and tell the good news um, about Christ. And uh, God has told us very clearly uh, that the two main commandments are to love God and love thy neighbor. So um, it's kind of exciting to be part of helping people fulfill that mandate. What, what really surprised me doing research for this talk was I was looking at a, a Pew Research um, Center survey, and they, their survey found that only 60% of Catholics uh, think that there's working to help the poor um, is an essential part of their faith. 
So at least it's not you know less than 50%. Um, at least it's you know more than half. But to me, that's just mind blowing. Is that that should be 100%? Our call to serve the poor is you know the essence of of, of Christ's mission when he um, you know was here on earth with us. He was always serving others, and he was you know um, feeding the hungry. And I mean, we have you know Matt, the the um, quote when he's saying um, you know whatever you do unto my brother, you do unto me. And um, you know that that his call too for us to know how to love better, to understand God's selfless love, is in giving of ourselves and um, in giving of ourselves to try and understand that agape love. So his calling uh, for us to serve the poor is essentially like you want to know how to love, then then come and do that and, and experience it tangibly. So um, it's you know mind blowing that. That the service to the poor is not considered, you know, yes, that is the crucial item, 100%. Um, we're called to do that. I just wanted to read a quote by St. Maximilian Colby. Everybody familiar with him? He died in a concentration camp in World War II. He said, he was talking about the call to serve, and he said, every person is born with the abilities that are proportionate to the mission he or she has been entrusted. And through each person's whole life, the environment, circumstance, and everything else contributes to make it easy and possible for him to reach that purpose. Um, just another quote I wanted to share with you by Cardinal John Henry Newman. He said, it's a, it's a prayer, God knows me and calls me by name. God has created me to do him some definite service. He has committed some work to me, which he has not committed to another. I have my mission. I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. Somehow I am necessary for his purposes. I have a part in his great work. I am a link in a chain, a bond of connection between persons. He has not created me for naught. I shall do good. I shall do his work. Um, so that's pretty exciting to think about, and I don't. And I think part of our problem is we don't think about it. Um, that you know that we all are called, and that our God wants something for us to serve, and He's given us everything we need, and He's also um, calling us through many different ways. And um, Pope Francis has weighed in on this uh, pretty heavily. And um, that's kind of exciting to have the Pope that you can quote. Uh, but he calls the church a field hospital. And he says, you know, there are people bleeding out there. There are people hurting. Um, it's a hospital situation. We need to get out there and we need to help. He also talks about the importance of an encounter. So it's not okay just to, you know, toss a couple of bucks up to, to somebody. We, we, we must give of ourselves. We need to relate to the person. We need to take the time to hear that person and uh, do more. He also talks about, uh, he, well, he just did a TED Talk. Yeah. How many people heard his TED Talk? It was amazing. <laughs> so he talked about the importance of the encounter. He talked about the importance of inclusion. He talks about people who are throwaway people, disposable people, that's not okay. And he also talked about 
the tenderness that we need to share, uh, you know, with people. So, what are some practical spiritual tips when you're thinking about God's call for you? I think number one is that we have to know that God loves us. We have to internalize that and we have to accept that. Because when you're trying to love other people and you're trying to serve other people and you're not, you don't love yourself fully or you're not even understanding your own self-worth, it's, it's hard to um, share that with others. And I think there could be cases where you probably experience that, experience that, that more, actually, through service to others. But when we're, we're talking about um, serving the poor, serving people who are uh, in vulnerable situations, we have to be, you know, bringing with the knowledge of God's love for us and God's love for them. So I think that's a key, number one, practical tip, is just um, knowing God's love for you and, and being able to... Um, you know, let your cup overflow in the service that you're doing for others. I think another thing is, is to uh, to realize that there is no Christian manual, except for the gospel, of course, that tells us exactly what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And so we need to take the time to listen and to reflect and to think about the people we meet and our, um, our history, where we are in time. Uh, you know, we're all here, and, and you know, we believe very strongly that everything happens for a reason. And so, I think part of the problem is is that we don't really realize that. Yeah, I think, and I think that realization of, of you know God having a specific call for us can be uh, pretty vague or over time, or can be very specific in a moment. Um, I know, like my own life experience, I had a specific moment where. I believe that God was calling me to serve someone very close to me in my life. Um, so my older brother is about five years older than me. Um, and when I was younger, I was always praying for him. I was praying, praying, praying for him. And I think that's key to this story because I think it's very important to be in prayer, to hear and be open to God's call. Um, but I was, I was probably in seventh grade. I think he was in college. and. Um, I was, you know, actively praying for him, and then I had this really strong urge to write him a letter and, like, make a care package for him at college, and if anyone knows me, I never write letters, <laughs> I've never had one to initiate a letter, um, I just don't do it, I'm, you know, I don't mean no reason, but I just, I don't write letters, um, and so I had this really strong urge to write a letter to him, specifically, like, share how much you love him, um, you know, just encourage him to college, and I was in seventh grade, and it occurred to me for about a week, and so finally I said, okay, maybe I should really sit down and write this letter and make him a care package. I did it, you know, wrote the letter, made him a nice care package, told him how much I loved him, that type of thing as a younger sister would do. Um, and all I heard at that time was like, oh yeah, you know, your brother got it, thanks you, you know, from like my mom or something, he didn't respond to me. Um, and then, I want to say, like seven years later, I was having a conversation with him, because now we're going to grow up and close to me. I don't know, it's, it's always in the part. But, um, so I was talking to him, and it was a serious conversation. And he was saying, you know, um, especially when he was in college and high school, he really struggled um, with like drugs and emotional things. Um, and he was telling me, yeah, when I was in college, I was in a really depressed state, and I, um, 
you know, came really close to, to my life. But I remember very specifically, you had written me this letter uh, telling me how much you loved me, and that really kind of brought me out of that really dark place in my life. And like, um, which is, you know, amazing. It's all the Holy Spirit. And what strikes me about it are a couple things. One, you know, this is like seven or eight years later that he tells me this, so it's not like I would have known that at the time. I would have known that like my specific role then in service to my brother, um, you know, had a, a real purpose behind it. Um, and I think also that there can be moments where God is calling us very specifically to be in service to a specific person. We don't know it. We may never know it. We may never hear from that person later. And um, lastly, I think it's being in prayer about it and, being, and, and asking God, um, being open to wanting to hear specifically what you know His plan is for us is really important throughout all of this. You know, it's important to um, be opening our hearts to different ways in which we can encounter somebody else or a situation where God might be calling us to step in and, and um, act. You know, whether it's like really casual meeting, you know, somebody in the grocery store or um, the, that challenge that Pope Francis gave us in terms of encountering people uh, on the street in the middle or something, acknowledging them as human beings um, and also you know, giving to them and being that encounter with Christ. So, everything can be small and really big can be somebody close to you in your life, but we have to be open to those moments and those encounters, uh, especially um, in God's call for us to, to serve for and to serve others. So, I think, too, that um, a call can be something that's huge, really obvious, in your face. It could be uh, you know, really just super clear to you, or it could be something that just kind of like leaves you feeling inadequate. You just don't feel okay with yourself. It's there's something wrong, but you're not really sure what it is. Most of us don't get a burning bush, or we don't fall off a horse. Um, in my own case, um, when I look back over my life, I really feel like God was playing a role in my life. Uh, in my early 20s when I was in college, I worked at IHOP, the International House of Pancakes. And I was really, it was the first time that I um, met immigrants. And I was really affected by uh, the other staff working with me, their inability to speak Spanish. Uh, it really was, uh, without being able to speak the language, they really stopped washing dishes. There were no options for them. There was no future. This is it. And um, it really saddened me a lot. But I was a college student. I was busy. I moved on with my life. Then about 20 years later, um, I'm, I'm job hunting. And I see in the, in the, this was back in the day when they had newspapers and they didn't want it at. And it said, Catholic Charities ESL Coordinator. And I said, I have to have this job. I don't care what it takes. I have this is this is it. I have to have this job. And that's when I realized that you know something that happened to me a long time ago, um, you know, can play a huge role in your life later on. Um, so um, fortunately, I got the job. 
Um, but uh, that really was uh, a change for me. I think um, I think when we are answering God's call, it feels like we're in a groove, we're doing the right thing, we have the skills that are needed to uh, serve the person, and the person that we're serving um, gives us back that feedback that, yeah, what you're doing is really helpful to me. So um, I think, you know, we really need to be um, constantly discerning what God wants for us. I think, too, I've always felt this way. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I we have been really blessed in our lives. And, you know, most of us have jobs. We've never had to worry about being from grace. And honestly, I think that makes us more responsible. That we really must do something from, from others. Uh, you know, the Bible says, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And my daughter, Caroline, who's a young adult now, used to worry a lot about the, the Bible verse that says, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And I don't think that God's trying to tell us that you know, having wealth is a bad thing. But it can be a bad thing if that's what we're focused on, if that's what we think, uh, if we think that material health, that wealth will give us happiness because uh, what he's saying is that that's a lot, you know, it's not true. So I feel even more of a responsibility to, um, to serve. I think that also challenges us to serve with humility because when we're serving others, um, and we're trying to experience God's love, we're trying to experience this selfless love, we have to let go of ourselves. We have to let go of our own ego and what we think is correct, our own judgments. You know, we'll have um, volunteers, for example, who will be working at a food pantry, and a client comes in to, to receive food, and they, you know, have an iPhone, or they have, like, their nails done or something, and, and the volunteer's like, why are they coming in here to get food? Like, they really don't need it. And I think we have to let go of all of those thoughts and we have to let go of those judgments because, you know, we're, we're serving others because they are God's creation. God loves them. That's it. You know, they deserve it because God created them. And so having the, that realization and knowing that allows us to serve with humility and not to, you know, be entering it in it with any preconceptions or any judgments, um, which I think, too, you know, people we're serving can also sense that. I think if we're entering into it, you know, with our own ideas or our own, you know, understanding of, or it's, it's, we're really in it for us, then the, the, the people that we're serving, um, you know, they can, they can notice that and, um, and it just ends up being more of a disservice and doing more harm, I think, than good. Um, and a part of that, I think, is tied in with being present, being present. So, a part of when we're called to serve, and whatever um, type of volunteering work it is, is to be Christ's presence to that person. So, serving with humility and um, you know loving them as as Christ loves us is really the essence of why we're called to serve them. You know, not because we're really good at handing out bags of food, 
um, you know, is it, so I think, I think that, that, that um, no matter what the volunteer opportunity is, um, you know, we're really challenged to be, to be Christ that person. I think another thing that we have to recognize is that um, when we serve, you know, there's reciprocity. So you need to be giving, or we need to be giving as much as they need, whatever it is that we need, uh, for our own souls, because we're called, because it's our duty. And I think when you believe that and you walk forward in, in, in that sense, the person that you're trying to serve knows that and uh, appreciates it. So, you want to talk about barriers? Yeah, what are some challenges to answering the call? I think a really obvious one and one that has been pretty in, you know, um, in the media, it was on 60 Minutes, Anderson Cooper did a whole like show on how addicting social media is and technology. You know, there's a lot of noise in terms of Facebook and Netflix and YouTube and you binge on all of those things. Um, and I don't know how many you know YouTube sessions you've gone down where it like, becomes a black hole. And hours later, you look up and you're like, was that satisfying? I mean, have I been fulfilled by spending five hours of my time or more? Um, you know, learning who knows what, and then actually trying to implement that in my life. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you're, you're learning different trades on YouTube, but I think that, um, I think that that dissatisfaction is a sign. This is not fulfilling, um, and this is just, you know, taking up your time. And once we realize that, and you're like, it's, it's a wake-up call, we want to do more, we have this yearning, I want to be more fulfilled in my life, I want to do more than, um, you know, just outside of work, going home and being on the internet. There's there's a desire just to go cold turkey, like I'm just gonna give up Facebook or I'm just gonna like unplug my internet, um, which you know could be a good thing, but I think that we need to fill that void or fill that sense of dissatisfaction with uh, something that is fulfilling to us and something that actually is productive and, and is going to um, you know, become a new habit. So you know, my challenge in, in a barrier of like all of this technology distraction would be even if you decide to, you know, evaluate how much time you're getting into whatever it is, you know, with Netflix or something. Evaluate you know, how much time you're giving to that, determine your satisfaction level, and then um, try and replace it or replace a portion of it, percentage of it, with you know, actual service to others, or even, you know, asking God what is it that I'm supposed to be doing in terms of serving the poor. Um, it's going to be, it's going to last longer, I would hope, um, give you more fulfillment and then also be productive. Um, I, I, think, I think also tied in with um, another barrier would be um, our in this area where we are, uh, if you work in DC, you might encounter people in poverty more um, than, say, Northern Virginia. Because Northern Virginia, you can get out of your house, get in your car, and drive to work. And you're at work, and you come home, and you don't interact with anybody who you know might be um, on the margins of society. And so I think the challenge, too, in our 
in this area in particular is to try and step outside our comfort zones and you know whether that's uh, volunteering with a, a particular organization that that you feel uh, you strongly agree with you you, you support their mission um, but just beginning that little step of, of stepping outside of our comfort zones and trying to encounter people you know in our daily life who we might notice we might notice them and it could be a moment or an opportunity for service, but we sort of are uncomfortable or we don't, we're not prepared to say yes, we're not prepared to answer that specific moment, um, and we end up just walking away. So, um, Well, just to close, uh, I, I'm the kind of person, well, okay, so I want a toolbox, give me some tools, what should I do uh, with this new information? Well, not so new, but. <laughs> Pretty good topic. So, one I think the biggest one big challenge is <clears throat> that the need for poverty is so overwhelming. You know, there's so much need in the world. I don't even know where to start. And so that can make it really hard. So I would challenge all of us to just take a step and start with maybe you're gonna, not tonight, maybe tomorrow morning. You're going to wake up and you're going to go, hey, it's a new day. It's a chance to serve. Where can I, what, what is God calling you to do? Forget about yesterday, forget the guilt, okay, you didn't stop and help somebody, maybe you put up. Forget about tomorrow, just think about today. And, and, and what can you do? And I think um, being committed to do, I'm going to do something. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to do something. And I think also important is to anticipate that you're going to be asked. Somehow, it may not be verbal, uh, but you'll, you're going to encounter something and you think, well, should I or shouldn't I? Commit to saying yes. Okay, so today I might get asked to do something and I'm going to try to say yes. Don't say yes if it's something that you can't do. Or don't sign up to volunteer for something if you can't make the commitment. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you go to the grocery store and the lady says, do you want to add the extra dollar to that receipt? You're going to say yes. So, just but but just being in that like search for the yes, search for where you can get involved. I would also say to stay close to your church, stay stay close to your parish, and go talk to your pastor because you know you can talk to them about how you're feeling. You know, you haven't had a burning bush. Um, you want to do something, but you're not sure. They're going to know what kind of needs are there in the parish. And they can let you know, hey, this would be a super big commitment. You don't have that kind of time. Why don't you consider doing something that doesn't take as much commitment? I think it's also important to recognize that in your lifetime, I'm older, so I can tell you this, there are going to be times in your life when you're too busy, honestly, to give a whole lot of yourself, and that's okay. There will be to other times in your life when you're like, okay, I don't have a toddler, and um, you know, I have a little bit more time, and, and I can do something. Um, I also encourage you to try your best to be generous. Um, I, I'll just be honest with you about myself. I don't give enough. You know, and if I don't, probably there are other people as well. And I think that we should try to be as generous as possible. Um, you know, when people are asking for our help, um, I'd also recommend praying for guidance. 
And one thing that's helped me is um, not just praying for guidance, but praying for those people who are answering the call in my life and thanking God for those people because it, uh, you know, um, it keeps me focused on them, how I can support them, what can I do for them. Um, reading, read, read the Gospels, read about the saints, and you can see you know, their different struggles. They weren't perfect. And also, there's quite a bit of writing on being called to serve. And if you're interested in doing a little bit more, Sherry Waddell has written um, several books on the topic, and she's also created a, a charism inventory where you can uh, sort of take a personal test and find out you know, where you're most likely to be the most, uh, you know, of the of most useful in service. Um, so, you know, you also, you know, want to take top stock of your skills, your interests, um, and your passions. And I would recommend, you know, I'd love you to come volunteer for Catholic Charities, and we'd love to talk to you, you know, even if you don't have time right now, just to tell you a little bit about different opportunities and the kinds of commitments that you can make or not make. But um, I would recommend, you know, thinking about, well, what am I most passionate about and trying to get involved in that because you're more likely to stick with it. And also to think about people in your network that you, uh, you know, who are answering the call, you know, talk to them. How did they get involved? What are they doing? what kind of commitment it is. I think also try not to be afraid. Um, sometimes helping can be very scary, especially if you don't know the person. Um, but you know, God tells us not to be afraid. And there's a lot of controversy about how many times it says be not afraid in the Bible. Um, so I don't want to bring up the controversy, but it's a lot. So um, don't be afraid, get out there, try to say yes, start with tomorrow. So that's all we have. Are there any question and answer? Yeah. I have a quick question. So, um, what are your ladies' uh, street smart tips on a person who uh, just feels moved by God to maybe buy someone a meal? Um, and the reason I asked is because last week, I, I kind of went with my gut feeling, but um, a gentleman had asked me to buy two Arizona iced teas, and I was just like, ah, it's not, something's not right. And, you know, it turns out you some that Arizona iced tea. I'm not saying that was his intention, I, but I just didn't do that. So what, what, are, um, what are some tips you would give us if we were to just um, do something like that? Yeah, well, two things first. I mean, because we were challenged recently by the Pope who said, you know, give money, don't ask them what your, their vices are. You, you know, you have to look at your own self and ask yourself your own vices. But I think added on to that is uh, you want to be comfortable with whatever you're doing. Uh, so if you're not, not comfortable giving money to someone or going buying a meal for them, I would, I would say, you know, prepare yourself for, their, for those situations because you want to say yes and you want to help them. There's some, you know, there's, there's like, you can buy gift cards to like McDonald's or Wendy's or, you know, to whatever food place you want to buy gift cards for. I think there's also a lot of great kits online for people who put together 
um, little mini backpacks and stuff that they just have on hand ready. It's your driving car, it's easier to have a backpack on hand than you're walking on the street. But um, know, you know, you can, you can prepare yourself a little bit for that situation, know what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with, and, um, you know, be, be happy with, with um, you know, being able to say yes, but then also um, do it in a way that, that um, you know, you're not, you don't feel like, I think too, uh, you know, uh, that's why I love the Pope so much. He also said, when you give to somebody in need with the love of Christ in your heart, it's good. It's good. There's no bad. So, and sometimes people will take advantage of us, but that's okay. Um, you know, maybe it will affect them somewhere down the road or maybe not. That's a great question. Thank you. Are there any questions? Yeah. Um, are there any local voluntary opportunities in May or June? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and we're also talking to Brendan about. Can you repeat the question? Oh, are there any opportunities in in May or June to volunteer? So, yeah, there's my car. <laughs> we're also talking to Brendan about maybe we could. Uh, create an opportunity just for the young adult groups um, to take on some kind of ministry, maybe once a month, um, something that fits with your schedule. Um, the other thing that we are challenged to do is to come up with service projects that are an ongoing commitment. Maybe it's a do-it-yourself at home, maybe it's a two-hour commitment. But um, to have different types of opportunities so that everybody can do something. Yeah. That being said, uh, here in this area, would there be opportunities that can so that can be, for instance, like a meet me commitment? Sure. We've got lots of those. In fact, on our website, we have an amazing database. Um, and it has, at the moment, 147 different volunteer opportunities. Um, so there's a lot to look at. I do recommend that you contact us. Um, just email us, get on the website, um, and we can talk to you because I, it can be overwhelming. If you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you want to do, what kind of time commitment you're able to make or not make, um, you know, we can get down to brass packs pretty fast. So I'm I'm going to guess that a majority of us who are here recognize the importance of service because we're here, or at least felt called to be here. And I was one of those who grew up as a Girl Scout, so did all kinds of little service projects. But how do you reconcile what you're doing with the occasional doubts that you have that it's not enough? Well, yeah, that's that is a problem, and that's why I think um, it's important to. Um, you know, stay close to the church, talk to your pastor, um, and it does sometimes feel like that. And we actually do get um, volunteers who get frustrated uh, because they feel like we're not doing enough. And sometimes, uh, I'm sure Allison would appreciate it, we have to go back to like, okay, what is our intent? What is our mission? Because people come to Catholic Charities all the time in need, and they usually have multiple things that need help with. It's like, okay, this is what I am I can do for you. Uh, these are the parameters of the service. For example, we have a food pantry. We can give you food. We can refer you to a, a 
professional counselor, but I don't have the skills to like help you with maybe the, the a, a deeper issue that they have, but we have people for them. So to understand that no, you you can't always help you know everyone meet all of their needs, but you might be able to help them with at least one thing that um, they're struggling with. So it kind of helps me to remember, like, what's my volunteer role? What is my job? And sometimes it is hard when you, like the gentleman back there said, you meet somebody in the street that has so many needs, and it feels, you know, somewhat inadequate just to give them a handout. But, you know, you, you can't do everything. We're not God. God's working through us. So. Any other questions? Yeah. I was just going to share a story about what she was saying, just to just go ahead and say yes. So last year for Lent, I decided to do that. I was like, I'm not going to turn out any favors, but I'm not going to tell anybody that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So they don't take advantage of me. So, <laughs> I like that's going to say yeah. So, so I was going to get lunch one day, and then this, uh, there's this homeless guy there, and he asked me if I could give him some money. So I said, I was like, well, what are you going to use the money for? He's like, I'm going to get some food. I was like, why not get you the food? So he's like, okay, there's this other guy there, and he's like, can you give me some food too? I'm like, okay, let's go. So I got these two guys with me, and then uh, I just start talking to them. And one of the guys, he's like, I'm really sorry to do this to you. And I'm like, don't worry about it. And then the other guy, he starts talking to me, and he says, um, he says, uh, he says, I'm really sorry too. I'm like, I'm sorry to do this to you. I'm like, don't worry about it, get whatever you want. So then uh, he starts telling me that he became homeless. I'm like, how did you become homeless? He's like, well, I came up here from Florida to work, and then uh, I lost all my money, and then the job that I was doing ended, and then I had no money to get back. And I'm like, when do you want to go back? He's like, if, I was, if it was up to me, I'd go back like, like months ago. And I was like, how about today? He's like, like yeah. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, you got all your stuff with you? He's like, no, I got it. I leave it at this place. I'm like, okay, let's go get it. So I got him that. He's like, can I get a cell phone? I was like, okay, let's go. We went to the Sprint store, I got him a cell phone, and then, so I took him down to Greyhound in downtown Silver Spring, and then uh, I got him a one-way ticket over there, and he's just like, it just blew his mind. It was just like, it just blew his mind, and then like the guy starts crying, and then I'm like, come on man, like get off me, because he's like trying to find me. <laughs> and then it was like the best feeling though, it was like the best feeling, and he was like, thank you, I was like, don't thank me, I was like, because... I would have done this if it wasn't left, you know, if it wasn't for God. I wouldn't have done this. Like, thank God. Yeah, and I think that's the real beauty that you realize that it's when you give of yourself and you give away that you get back. That is when you find out your true worth, is when you're giving someone else. So, that's great when you do that. Yes. Uh, so, you know, we encounter people that you maybe want money or want food on the street. Are there other services that we should just know about that we can have on hand to recommend that people who might need something more and uh, we can offer them from a nearby location? Yes, I think that's a great question. We actually, um, so like it depends where you live. There's always like homeless shelters, for example, or uh, evening meals. And there's a lot of parishes that do a lot of service, actually, through the parish, food pantries, uh, bringing meals around people just you know as a very basic feed the hungry type of service so I would um, see what your parish is already doing I would also you know if, if you want to be prepared like that have um, you know some resources on hand like what is what is the nearest 
um, shelter or what is the nearest, um, actually we have one of our, um, one of the um, staff that works at Christ House in Alexandria, which is our men's transitional housing, um, and it's for men coming out of homelessness, gave me his business card. He said, no, if you're encountering someone else, you give me my business card and they'll reach out to me and I'll, I'll help them out. So just, you know, I think reach out to your networks and um, see what people are already doing so that instead of kind of like um, not knowing how to answer somebody or like being ashamed and like kind of looking the other way, we can actually um, give them a resource or, or um, direct them in the right direction. And I would say most of the, the charities out there, most of the nonprofits have um, information and referral. Uh, we, we have lots of information referral information. So um, any of your larger um, nonprofits, if you direct them to that, they'll probably um, be able to help you. Yeah, like if someone calls a Catholic Charities number and maybe we can't specifically answer their need, we're not going to just say no, sorry, hi. Um, we're going to, you know, <laughs> send them into in another uh, resource that's able to help them and um, you know, give them that. When is going to be the uh, next theology When is going to be the next? I'll, yeah, I'll make that up. Sally, thank you so, so much tonight for coming out. Thank you, guys. Uh, quick announcements. Please tip your waiters and waitresses um, for the job that they've done this evening. Um, and to answer your question, when is the next Theology on Tap? It is June 12th. We'll be back here with Father Mode. Um, and if you're looking for a service opportunity, uh, St. Mary's actually has one second Saturday of the month, which just happens to be this Saturday, am I right? Um, that's at Christ House at 10 a.m. So um, if you'd like to partake in that, you can probably talk to Eric or you can go to St. Mary's page. Um, and now I'm going to ask a question. How many of you received the Young Adult Newsletter? Uh, just put up your hand if you do. Um, this is a great way to kind of know what's going on in our area and it's not just Arlington Young Adult events, it's also parish-wide events um, and if you have your phone and are interested in doing this I can tell you how to get the newsletter in a quick five-word text. Um, if you text Arlington YAM to the number 22828 you can receive our newsletter, so that's Arlington, Y-A-M, and the phone number is 22828. Um, I highly suggest receiving that just to know what's going on. That includes St. Mary's events, that includes nativities, some of St. Charles events, um, some events even going on in D.C., so just a good way to be plugged. Uh, besides that, though, I just want to thank you guys for coming tonight. Um, please, if you have any questions, Sally and Margo are here, or if you want to ask me something, feel free. Um, but thank you once again for coming out. Well, the next time we'll be here is June 5th. Uh, that's for the trivia night. But the next time we'll be here for TOT is June 12th. So um, thank you guys, and have a wonderful night. <laughs>